What is up, everyone? This is Granny Shot. Welcome back. I know you've been yearning for some new Granny Shot analysis. It's been quite a while. Delco, Don, how are you guys doing tonight? It feels like a month since I've last talked to you guys. I haven't missed it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. We uh, unfortunately fell into that time portal, and that's why we've uh, missed so much time and why we aren't going to talk about the finals, but came back, made it out alive, and ready to talk off-season basketball. So we're just going to allow everybody to get away with their horrible predictions. I don't know what you're talking about. I lost all memory in the time portal. Yeah, I had I had Lakers in five or whatever it was. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. I'll some, Laker, someday I'll Laker's go back guy. and listen to the first three episodes so it retracts my memory, but, but that sounds right. Yeah, they're kidding though. We had a good old time. We saw each other recently. Even though COVID happened, we got our COVID tests out of the way, had our annual fantasy basketball conference. You're talking to the champ right here, two-time champ. I know you guys love that, but I'm excited to talk basketball. It's been way too long. We have so much to talk about. Yeah, I'm just excited that we can talk about it. In so little time, right? The season starts December 22nd, and we got the draft coming up this month. So yeah, hopefully we don't fall into any more time portals and we can get through some- Two weeks. Two weeks to the draft and two weeks to the draft. And honestly, this is the the most exciting time for me personally as an NBA fan. I love the draft. As Hornets fans, it's it's typically the most exciting time of the year for us. You know it's more you know it's more exciting than the NBA draft? The granny shot mock draft. That's right. That's what we're gonna be getting into. So we've got a granny shot mock draft. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna be talking all sorts of players, all sorts of analysis. And let's just talk about how it's going to work. So work with me here because this is the first time we're doing this. Um, but we think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think we know that several of us are probably going to make some terrible picks. and We'll be able to come back and look at this and make fun of them. Break it down for us. All right. So this is what we're thinking on how it's going to work. We will have rotating picks. So myself, Delco, Don will each have one pick. For example, I'll have one. Delco will have two. Don will have three. That's not exactly how it's going to work. But each person will own a pick. Before that pick happens, the other two will be able to give their input, perhaps try to convince them of what the pick should be. Because ultimately, the pick that each individual person takes is going to go into our official granny mock draft. So this is a mutually put together consensus granny mock draft whether i agree with a pick or not it is that person's vote and we're going to work with it from there you have your time to try to convince the other person of what their pick's going to be do you guys understand the rules i'm ready i'm ready ryan delco are you ready yeah i think i think i got all that do i need to repeat it yeah if you don't mind <laughs> no, all right, I'm ready. So, <laughs> we all we all know that the Timberwolves have the first pick. We all know that the first pick there is no consensus, and we do know. <laughs> and who's gonna who's gonna take the first stab at the first pick? It's Delco, right? You're taking the first pick, correct? Yeah, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but we're picking as if we were the GMs, not predicting what each GM will do, because you know, it's very important. Yeah, very important point. This is what we think. They should do not what we think will happen, what we think they should do. So if you're a GM out there, start writing these picks down. (laughs) Yes, get that pen. I'll give you a couple seconds. So the T-Wolves, this is kind of a unique draft 
overall because both the top two teams, so the, the T-Wolves included, kind of already have their guys, right? The T-Wolves have Cat, and I think they're pretty happy with him as a number one guy. That's debatable, I think, for a lot of us who think he might be you know, pretty soft and maybe not have that winning attitude. But D'Lo and Cat is a, is a solid core compared to most teams. I think that you'd see it. At number one, I think what the Wolves really, really lack and the reason they were so trash is they don't have that culture, right? Mm -hmm. That winning attitude, um, that desire to come in and win. Um, I think we saw it when Jimmy Butler was there and he tried to ingrain it into that team and that obviously didn't end well. So I think Minnesota needs to, to start building that culture back up. And so the person that I want to draft for the T-Wolves needs to have that hard work ethic, those those intangibles, a guy who you know is going to come in and start working and um, not be enamored with the social media and, and the big paychecks and maybe it, eventually the the thousands of fans screaming while, while he plays. So that's how I'm going into this draft. I have two, two guys in mind. So I know they have Cat, their center, but... He's not defending anyone, right? He's a he's a pure offensive guy. So I want a big man who can defend without necessarily being a negative on the offensive end as well and kind of slide in next to Cat. Someone who's going to work hard, who's going to be good at positioning, who's going to understand the context in their role on this team where D'Lo and Cat have such high usage already and can kind of take care of the playmaking and scoring. So you're not going best available at the number one pick? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I really feel that there is that obvious best available. So I, think, I agree with you. So I think it's kind but of it's, debatable. But, but I agree with that. I don't think there's any sort of consensus best available. But but kind of what you just described was you're drafting for team fit. I am absolutely drafting for team fit. I don't think you're in a situation like you might be with the Knicks or Hornets where like we have nothing to work with. Let's just pick someone really good and with high, you know, a high ceiling and hope it works out. I think they got Cat. They got D'Lo. We, we don't really know what Culver is. So I'm going to I'm going to make my case quickly. And I'm going to say that I, I know you made your point that you, you think that Wolves are, you know, maybe in a better position than most teams that are in the first pick, just based off the fact that they have Cat and D'Angelo Russell. I don't think that Cat and D'Angelo Russell are going to do shit in the Western Conference. I think they're still not making the playoffs right now. Um, I think that they're still just not even close to good enough. I don't think they're in a position to draft for just team name, I think they should just pick whoever they think is best available. But to your point, I agree. Best available is pretty. I, I don't. I don't think anybody knows who the best available is in this draft. I don't even think anyone can narrow it down to two or three people. Honestly, yeah, I um, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying about Cat and Delo not being enough. But I think what you need, you don't need to swing for the fences with this team, right? You need to start laying bricks down around this team and actually get pieces on they have no depth at all and so i I think they're in a a comfortable position to draft someone who can start contributing right away who can who can be a part of that foundation since they already kind of have their uh their high ceiling exciting playmaking scoring guys so i think i know who you're gonna pick but um i'm gonna say that i I, so (laughs) we'll see i think that the pick here should be Edwards because I think he's got a lot of upside and I think he has the potential to be the best available. I I see a lot of potential flaws in his game. I think he's got boomer bust almost written all over him. But like I said, I I, I still don't, even though they have cat 
and talent and D'Angelo Russell, I don't think they're in a position to draft for a position. So I'm going to say that I think that Anthony Edwards is the pick, but I wouldn't be shocked, nor would I be upset with you in our granny shot mock draft here if you were to pick somebody else. I concur with Ryan on that. I kind of have Anthony Edwards locked in for them at the one spot. I think he's the best fit for them. Malik Beasley is a pretty decent player. They have him currently at the shooting guard position. I think they could easily slide him back or even move him maybe to play some small ball at the sh- at the three spot. But I think Anthony Edwards would be the best fit. It's kind of funny when you started talking about the T-Wolves and how they need someone to come in and work hard and really just you know hit the pavement. It's what they had in Jimmy Butler, and that clearly didn't work out. They don't even have Malik Beasley anymore, so that that spot's open unless they re-sign him. But oh, that's true. Yeah, that's I, true. I'm not sure if they will. Yeah, but, yeah. but Butler Butler was a a symptom of the bad culture with the T Wolves, and I don't think Butler was kind of a guy who was not coming in there to rebuild a culture. Right, he was coming in there to fucking win tomorrow. You know what I mean? And the Wolves weren't ready for that. They're really soft and cushy. And they didn't have the right attitude and they weren't equipped to win right away. But I think if you can start building those pieces up, having some tougher guys who aren't necessarily going to be calling you a pussy in practice on the court, beating you with the backups, you know, uh, it'll be a little bit less abrasive. But still that same you know, attitude of we're here to work. We're not here to make highlight videos and boost our stats, right? Yeah, no, I agree. So let's hear. Let's hear. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of don't. You know, I, I feel like Jimmy Butler is actually like the perfect guy, type of guy to to set a culture and a tone for. Oh, I think so too. The fact that it failed. Okay, well, I must have misunderstood because I, I think the fact that it failed actually, I, I think it speaks poorly on Cat. And look, I think Cat's a phenomenal player, but like I, I think he's got a image problem within the league, not like outside league. He seems like a like a great person, but within the league as being soft and maybe cushy and maybe kind of a diva and i think he needs to he needs to fix that image yeah for the t-wolves to get better yeah i don't i don't when i say poor fit i mean um because of cat and because of wiggins at the time i think if i was wolves gm like i am tonight then i would have found a way to either make cat go with the game plan or keep jimmy and, and pull in someone else who wants to win for cat so I'm, I'm with you on that but it didn't work out so we're we're past that, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm between two guys. Um, I, I'm against Wiseman. Edwards, sorry. Edwards. You both mentioned him as, as who you would pick if you are in their position. I think he's got that ceiling. Wait, wait, wait. Wiseman? No, Edwards. I meant Edwards. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I think Edwards has that ceiling. I think he seems like he's, he's going to be a high-usage guy from the highlights that I've seen, and they already have D'Lo and Cat, who are two of the higher-usage NBA players I think they're both top 20 even. So again, I, I think they have their guys hand, handling the ball, making plays. And I'm not saying they should avoid that, but I don't think that they need someone who's going to come in and potentially be a guy who also needs the ball in his hand. So I'm I'm going to narrow it to two guys can I here. A, can I take a guess of one of the two? Yeah. I think the guy you're leaning towards is Okongwu. Yeah, you're right. He's it, It's between Okongwu and Wiseman. And... I'm leaning Okongwu because I think we've seen more from him. I think most people feel pretty comfortable that he's going to come in here and be a strong role player at the very least in the NBA. So you're taking a guaranteed guy when you already have D'Lo and Cat. I think he's shown that he can handle the ball. So, you know, you're still getting that ball handling. He can move the ball. I've heard 
comparisons of of Bam, and we've seen how valuable a player like that is. He's no, he's he's hey, hey he's he's what nineteen years old. He he's not that great of a passer. I mean, he can pass the ball, but he's nowhere near Bam. He's nineteen. Let's see what happens. Yeah, but I, I to be fair, and look, I I the comparisons have to be taken with a grain of salt. All right, I Bam. For, from what I recall, fun, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, you can you can you can tweet us. <laughs> but if I'm wrong, uh, I don't recall Bam being known for being a good passer at Kentucky at all. Right. I think that was something that got developed once he got to the NBA. There's a lot more space on the floor. He's in the right system. Right. He, he became a good passer in the NBA. I do not think he was known as a good passer in college. If so. he was, I don't see why he wouldn't have gone sooner. So yeah, I, I agree, and I think at, at the bare minimum, he's he's someone who will be able to rebound. He seems to have that touch, which will let him score in, in the post. He, he seems like his defensive floor is incredibly high. Wiseman obviously has the much higher ceiling, but you know, do you need two superstar centers down low and and take the risk that Wiseman just is the next? You know, not to use comparisons, but like. Hashim Thabit or Nolan's Noel or that next overhyped center that we haven't really seen much from that we're hoping turns into the next big thing. I don't know. If I'm the Wolves, I'd rather stick with Okongwu. It feels silly because I don't think there's a chance in hell they actually do this. I think if I'm in a top three position right now, I'm taking almost anything offered to me to move back a couple spots. And that's what I really would be doing if I'm the Wolves GM. But if I have to keep the pick and... I'm willing to be laughed at on social media. I'm taking Okongwu, number one, I think. Is that official? With the first pick in the granny shot mock draft. Let's get spicy with it. Okongwu. Elko takes Okongwu. All right. We we might have already lost all credibility with our <laughs> listeners. Wait, we, we had credibility? <laughs> no, I mean, like, honestly, like I said, I I'd, I would not want the first pick this year. I think it's a bad position to be in. Uh, not a bad position is the wrong word, but there's a lot of pressure on the T Wolves to pick Lamelo or Anthony Edwards, and I think it's very possible that neither of those guys are the best guy in the draft. Like very, very possible. And because of that, it puts them in. A, I would just call it an uncomfortable position for them. I'd argue they would likely. rather just just go down. Look, I would have gone Anthony Edwards, but we're going to Kongwu. We're sticking by it. We have to stick with our granny, uh, our granny shot pick here, and. Uh, I, I I don't I don't hate it. And at the same time, he he might in real life end up going like down in seven or eight, but we'll see. This kind of feels like a uh, Anthony Bennett number one pick. Whoa! Hopefully, it turns whoa, out differently whoa. for the T Wolves though. Okong was going to be a good defender at the very least. He's an NBA. No, I'm not. I'm not. Com- I'm not comparing the two players' games. Just that it kind of came out of nowhere. You know, Anthony Bennett wasn't the projected number one pick on Anthony Bennett works it. It Hardy's right now. For the <laughs> <burgers>. <laughs> yeah. All right. He looks like it too. He weighs like 280. <laughs> so I feel good about it now that I have it out in the open. So let's, my let's biggest, move on. My biggest question, my, just real quick, my biggest concern about him is his height. Uh, he really is going, he can only be the five on a team. I know he's young. He's only, he's 6'9, 245, which is a decent frame. But he doesn't have the shooting capability to be anything else, but like a um, a lob a lob type player, block uh, shot blocker, right? It's almost like a DeAndre Jordan s player. He he has no shooting capability at all. He shot what like four threes in all of his time in college. 
Yeah, but I mean, the, like big guy, it takes a while for big guys to develop a jumper in the NBA. I, I, I don't, I don't mind the Bam comparison. I, I, I just, you know, just from like a style of play perspective, right? If if he turns into Bam, then it ends up being a, a, probably a very good pick. You know, not saying that's going to happen, but I see the similarities. That would be the greatest pick of all time if he turned into Bam. And they picked him number one. <laughs> yeah. it'd, be, it'd be very positive. <laughs> yeah. Delco might actually Delco. get called to be a GM if <laughs> yeah. that happens. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'll happily put my number out there. So would that pick would be ba- greater than the actual BAM pick? Or are you just saying my pick would be greater? I'd be up there. I mean. But it, it'd be different, you know, because yeah. it'd, be it'd be a ballsy pick, you know. Yeah. The one pick? Yeah. yeah. Well, what can I say? Um, so one, one more thing to add on Okongwu. He shot 72% from the line. Not bad. Room for improvement shows that he can at least hit shots that he's at least not like DeAndre Jordan level where, you know, you're fouling him. Um, he, he seems to have the the touch, right. That some of those bigger guys who are only getting lobs don't have, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be breaking records for threes, but I, I certainly think he could have an Ibaka style role where people at least have to go guard him on the three point line. Right. And he can at least score down low. So I think I've said my piece. Yeah. I respect it. All right. So we've got, just to recap, Okongwu, number one pick in the first ever granny shot mock draft. Let's move on. The T-Wolves, I think we have a consensus they're going to be okay at best, and maybe Okongwu will turn them around. Let's move on to a team that's going to be really good. I don't think there's going to be any debate about that. The Warriors, they get Steph back, they get Clay back, Draymond supposedly healthy. Andrew Wiggins comes into play there, which I personally think is going to end up being a pretty good fit. And the Warriors are definitely coming into the season thinking that they can win it all. Why not? They've got the history, they've got talent, and they can probably piece together some veteran players. And they've got the number two pick. And all indication is that they don't want it. One thing I forgot to say, there are no trades or hypothetical trades in the Granny Shot mock draft where we are playing by the rules as if we have to take the pick for the team that currently has it. Do we think the Warriors will probably want to trade this? Yeah, for sure. That, more, should they? More than likely. Should they? Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. I mean, if they can get just about anything out of it or just move back or something. But, that you know, there's the Warriors. Look, I, I have an idea of who I want to take. I actually had my guy, but I think it... I think it was a, maybe a bit of a reach. And I don't know if I want Granny Shot to have a Kongwu and then another reach at number two. So I'm reconsidering. It says Just right in the it. description hot takes lobbed from half court. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, look, you, you, guys, you guys tell me what you guys think the Warriors should do because, I, like I said, I, I, I've got a, my list over here and, and I don't, I don't want to even influence you as to what I'm thinking. If in real life, if Okong was there, <laughs> obviously I'm all in on him. I think the Warriors have kind of a unique opportunity here. Uh, before I talk about the pick, I don't know if I feel like they're going to come back and really be the Warriors that we're all used to seeing, right? All three of those guys you mentioned are on the other side of 30 now, all coming off of big injuries. We've seen what injuries can do to someone like Gordon Hayward or, you know, some people come back and some people just don't. And I think there's a good chance that between Steph and Clay, at least one of them isn't the Steph or Clay that we know, and the Splash Brothers aren't going to come back like it's 2018 again. Well, I don't think that. I don't think that either. I want to just to be clear, but I I do think that they're going to be very good, and that they're going to make the playoffs, and they'll probably be a top 
four or five seed at the worst. Yeah, and and at the very least, I think you know we we not. talked about them trading for win now. At the very least, they're they're going for someone who fits in the context of their team, right? They're not necessarily going for someone who could potentially develop. And if they can get both, great. And someone who I think can fill an immediate small role but also have that high potential to develop into the future after Steph and Clay are gone is uh, Wiseman. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Warriors. I think he can step up and probably be their best center the second he lands in San Francisco. He can do a lot. He's got a lot of potential. He's a hard worker. From what I've read about him, he seems like someone who would love to be in that situation and love to just be a guy who's playing a small role and learning from a championship caliber team. And then he also has that ceiling to really develop into a special player. So I think it's a safer pick for Golden State than it would be for anyone else. And if they end up with this pick and he's still on the board, I think he's a pretty obvious choice for them. Yeah, I mean, I I hate to go the same route. I was trying to think of someone else that would fit well, but I think Wiseman is... I don't want to like just make up a pick because Delco said the same one I'm thinking of. Wiseman is obviously the makes the most sense if they're not trading back again marquise chris is the only other big they have i mean i guess they have kevin looney who will be back in full health if he does he even come back next season i'm not really sure but either regardless wiseman makes the most sense they don't need a lot of point scoring the one interesting thing though is they're a little short on their depth i'm a little back and forth if they should add another shooting forward Again, I don't trust Andrew Wiggins at all, personally. I think he's someone who needs to be a volume shooter. If he can learn not to be a volume shooter with that team, they can definitely make a run. Go ahead. He's going to have to. He's not going to have a choice. Well, then they're not going to be that good. Wiggins isn't that good. Why? Why? He's, what do you mean, why? I, I think the floor is going to open up so well for Wiggins. I, I've said this before. I think Wiggins is going to have a really strong year as a supporter, supporting role. Who do you think's better, Wiggins or Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes. I think they're very similar. And I think that Wiggins can play a very similar role that Harrison Barnes played for the Warriors. Yeah, if if Harrison Barnes shoots 15 more shots a game and misses 14 of them. Yeah, that's that's current. But there's no way that the Warriors are going to allow Andrew Wiggins to take fadeaway jumpers all over the floor. You know, that shit's not happening. (laughs) We'll see about that. We will. Dude, there's no way they'll put his ass on the bench which Wiggins might be fine with. He's cashing those checks. But I, I think yeah, I think Wiggins is going to see this as a new lease on his career and to fully move away from the whole Maple Jordan bust thing and embrace a, a new role on a team that could use his skills where he can be the third or fourth best player. Yeah, but I probably... He's a solid athlete. I mean, he's a very good athlete, but like even defensively, he showed improvements this past year. I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm really intrigued with the Andrew Wiggins pick, to be honest. I think it's a better situation than most people give it credit for, but I'll stop talking about Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I'm taking Wiseman. I think, again, I think the capability he has defensively, they just need a body down there. So I'll, I'll give you an idea of where my head's at. First is, yeah, they're, they're loaded at the shooting guard, small forward position. You know, you've got Clay, you've got Wiggins, you've got even Eric Pascal has been very good. He's, you know, I think he's going to be really solid for them. Clay, Steph, I mean, they're, they're very solid in, in the point guard, guard area, shooting guards, small forward area. On paper, it's like, yeah, obviously they need a center. The Warriors are in win now mode to, to Steph's to Delco's point. All of these guys are over 30. Steph, Clay, Draymond. Steph's 32, I believe. 
coming off an injury. He's getting old. He's in the prime of his career. They are in win now mode. But is not. Let's not forget that. Drafting Wiseman seems like the obvious pick, but does he help them get over the edge? I don't think so. I think they'd much rather just go get a center that is a veteran that can do the things that they know that they can do than take a swing on Wiseman and hope that he can do them. That's why I don't think they're that high on Wiseman. I think it makes the most sense on paper, but when you really think about the fact that they want to win now and they have to win now considering the ages of the players, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to pick him, and I don't think that they should. Be, because they have to keep the oh, pick, no. I think that the player <laughs> oh, no. that they should take... And I think and I think Anthony Edwards and I think LaMelo Ball are terrible fits because, like I said, Anthony Edwards seems way too much like Andrew Wiggins. LaMelo, they don't want that, let's be honest. I think that the best player for them to pick is Killian Hayes, and I'll explain why. Their small ball team, Killian Hayes can come in and immediately play on the small ball team and be a contributor. He's 6'5". He can play the shooting guard. He can play off ball. He can pass in that system. He can shoot in that system. He can come off the bench and immediately contribute. I have zero doubts about that. Whereas I'm not sure about Wiseman coming in and tilting that anything in their favor when they can just go out in free agency and, dra- and pick up some sort of veteran for cheap and know what they're getting. You know, I, I, I think we have to remember that the Warriors are in win now mode. So I'm not saying I'm taking Killian Hayes because I, I just I, I don't know Take if him. I want that. That's to what you want. The VR granny shot pick, but I think it's the right pick for them. Honestly, think that. I, I will say, if if you're not taking Wiseman, I, I think I think you can get draft Wiseman and still get a cheap center and still have Wiseman and his ceiling. But I don't hate the Hayes pick at all. I think a lot of people are really sleeping on Hayes, and no matter what team I was, I'd personally be looking at Hayes over people like uh, Edwards and Ball in in a lot of different circumstances. That's why I'm just trying to trade out of three, no matter who I am. The top three? Yeah, the the top three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I think we all agree that the Warriors want to move this pick, but if they have to keep it, and I, I do, again, I see the Wiseman stuff, but... I, just make I the just, pick. I, I, I don't think it makes any sense. Well, I think it makes sense, but I don't think it tilts them in the favor of, of winning now. So I, I am, I'm going to go with the second pick, the granny shot mock draft. The Golden State Warriors should select Killian Hayes. You know, I thought I was going to hate whatever you picked, but I'm looking at their roster and beyond Steph and I guess Draymond, they don't have anyone who's really going to be equipped to handle the ball. They don't have Livingston anymore. I I actually really like that pick. Not going to lie. Yeah, I like I like Killian Hayes a lot. I was I was super high on him. I think I think two is going to be a little bit of a stretch. I more than likely they might um, average or not average down. They might move back in the draft to get him. But I don't hate you know I like the pick. It's just I guess in this draft you gotta make some bold decisions. Do you guys get the logic in my in my argument? Yeah, I mean he he seems to have a good feel for the game. He can be a ball handler. He plays good defense. He's also in my opinion He's... got a, a really high ceiling. He's got good size. He can play on the floor with Steph. Like I think that's like the biggest one of the one of the biggest key things. And then on top of it is you've got your point guard of the future while you're while he's able to play side by side with Steph. And Steph's thirty two. Yeah. You know? 
So it's like a, it's an investment in the future, but it's also a potential win now play. Yeah, I, I really like it the more I think about it. And it wasn't something I had actually really considered for them, but it makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. When you were building up to that, I like Hayes a lot. I, I do like him. I like him more as a sleeper. I thought you were going to choose Tyrese out of Iowa State. It's, no. Yeah. <laughs> 43% three-pointer. He's, he's a great defender. I think I, I look. I like I like Tyrese, but I, I don't I don't there's I don't see the ups anywhere near the yeah. upside in Tyrese that I see in Killian Hayes. So I, I agree. I think Tyrese can come in and and play really well next to Steph or Clay or whoever and and fill in a similar type of role. I don't think he's nearly as good of a I guess is a defender. But yeah, well he's way more he's way more polished than he he do, he may not have the upside the. As Killian, but he's way more polished than Killian Hayes. Yeah, I, that's why I, I see them. I see them see, as like, like similar I, floors with Hayes having the much higher ceiling, basically. All right, Artist Warriors, Killian Hayes. So we're, we're we're let's move on. We get to our favorite pick. This is in case everyone didn't know, we're we're, we're all we all grew up in Charlotte. We're all sad Hornets fans. This feels like it should be a own gonna... episode, honestly. <laughs> We know what will probably happen. Whoever we pick will not be what the fan base wanted and will be totally disappointing. Or it will be what the fan base wanted and it'll turn into just a total shit show. For example, we're going to trade up to number two and pick Obi Toppin. <laughs> That's what will happen. That would, that'd, be, that'd be the most Hornets play ever. So, Don... You've got the number three pick yep. in the granny shot mock draft. Okongwu and Killian Hayes are off the board. It hasn't gone in a way that the Hornets would have expected at this point. They, you know, yeah. The Hornets are probably thinking, hey, we're just going to take our pick out of Wiseman, Edwards, and LaMelo. Now they've got all three on the board. Who are you going with? So we, You don't have to tell us. You know, let, let's, let's just hear where your head's at. Yeah, so where my head's at is... I'm just trying not to clusterfuck this draft as we've done almost every year. Um, you hired as the Hornets GM. All right. Okay, that's all That's all I needed to do. I mean, I don't want an MKG. I don't want an Adam Morrison. I mean, the greatest thing we've ever done for that franchise was Kemba Walker by far, and everyone can agree on that. But trading away SGA a couple years ago. I think I, I like PJ. I'm just going through our previous drafts. Like, we've made, for every one good draft pick, we've made like 10 terrible draft picks. So... This one's going to be the good one. Looking at this draft board that we have on the Granny Draft, I have the best three draft prospects, in my opinion, um, left on there. What the Hornets really need, in my opinion, and this is going to upset some Hornets fans, but we need a superstar. There's only one person left who can be that person and redesign no. redesign the franchise. Don't yeah, do it. it's. I think I've been following him. Uh, you, so most people who know... I've been, I'm just I'm one of those scouts who looks at the 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 middle schoolers as they build into high school. I was watching Zion when he was like 12. I knew he was going to be amazing. People. Yeah. I think LaMelo Ball has by far the the best upside. I think he can Jesus. He can bring this franchise to it's it's, it's a risky pick. It's everything like we've talked about. Everything in the top 3 is a risky pick. I think everything in this draft upwards of six of like the top six projected is risk because we again we didn't get to see a lot of these Lamelo especially we didn't get to see him in college 
Um, we saw him play overseas. We saw him play in whatever that trashy league that the triple B, league, you know, the the ball league, whatever they had going on there. But out big ball, you're not you're not a big baller, Dan. Obviously, yeah, the big baller brand, whatever it is. <laughs> but he he by far, I mean, from what he's shown um, in high school, and the biggest thing for Lamelo is the the size that he's been able to accumulate over the past couple of years. He is, I mean, freakishly athletic. He needs a little bit more of some upside to him, but I think that develops. Right now we have, if you look at the Hornets, we obviously have Devontae. Devontae showed up last year. I love Devontae Graham, as I'm sure every single Hornets fan does. We have no idea how good he actually is. And I like to be optimistic on him because of the season he had, but we really don't know where he stands. Terry Rozier is potentially on the trading block. I've heard a lot of rumors about him being moved around, um, especially with that contract into a, a, a more win-now franchise. Go ahead, Ryan. I just want to make the point that when we signed Terry Rozier, there's a lot of people that said that that contract was atrocious. I defended the contract as not that bad, and if we trade that contract, it ends up being a fantastic contract if we get any value at all for it whatsoever. It's possible. I, I did hate the contract. I still do hate it. If we're able to move it, that's good for me. I don't think Terry Rozier is worth that much. But he did have quietly a decent season. I just don't think it's what our team needs. We have P.J. Washington, who I think is going to be a continued stud. And then we have the Sludges, right? We have the Miles Bridges, the Bismacks, the Martin, the Martins. Both the Martin twins, somehow we ended up with, with both of them. That must have been like a combo 99-cent deal or something. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, the, the, the Martin twins have been have been better than anyone expected. I, 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 have, I have... Ladies and gentlemen, this shows to you the depth of being a Hornets fan. <laughs> they've completely over-exceeded my expectations. I mean, th- those are guys that were picked like 44 and undrafted. Yeah. I mean, and, they've, and they played decently well as All rookies. Right. I, I'm going to give them some credit there. I don't think it's fair to just, you know, shit on them. They, they played well in their rookie seasons. No, I agree. Well, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't mention Malik Monk. Uh, no, I was, I, was just, I was just scraping off the initial pile of dirt before I got to shit. Shout out our Charlotte Hornets, their favorite guy, Malik Monk. For some reason, yeah, he's he's garbage. He's hot. He's <laughs> hot garbage. I don't understand the obsession with Malik Monk. We should have traded him two years ago, and at this point, I would I would trade him for a, a ham sandwich. Yeah, like I, I want us to trade out of top three, but if we do end up moving up and and using Monk as a piece to do that, then whatever, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think we're trying to get rid of Malik Monk. Uh, <laughs> Nick Batum is is the anchor on this. Who? Sinking ship. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who that is anymore. How he gets paid that much to do nothing. I don't even know. What's surprising is I don't even know what happened to his career. I mean, everyone who comes to Charlotte dies and then <laughs> leaves, leaves and becomes a way better player. But that's where I think, I think we just need, think about when the Panthers, I mean, just from a Charlotte franchise perspective, when the Panthers took Cam, super volatile player. We had, he had tremendous upside. He was a really great high prospected player. A lot of temperament issues, a lot of emotional issues. Able to have like one of the best, obviously the best franchise season with him. He kind of reminds me of Lamelo. Like they're very, they're like a lotto ticket that they are very highly talented. They have a lot of upside, great physical attributes. And sometimes if we, I mean, no matter what, we're let's be real. Like we don't have the talent development in Charlotte to really take someone and and mold them into like a superstar. Kemba was really a diamond in the rough. 
we're picking but, which young career we can ruin. <laughs> yeah, it's just for me, which again, most of these players I've been watching for a while, I think by far and above LaMelo has the greatest upside. And I think he's also going to be the best trading asset down the road if we're able, whether he's going to be the future superstar, just like even if we draft him and we want to move him later down the road, I still think there are going to be people who say, this guy has tremendous upside, let's go get him. So that's with the third pick, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm taking the... Wait, 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 wait. Well, whatever you we say. We have to convince you, you otherwise. You, say, you know. Easy there, killer. Is it just a waste <laughs> of our time? to? You can, look, you're not even considering Anthony Edwards here? Like it's no. Just, he's obviously got great upside, too. I see Anthony Edwards as more as a, a Bennett player. Oh my God. As an Anthony Bennett player? Like, he's just going to completely suck? I don't think he's going to ever be that good, no. I think I think he has a very... Very low floor and a, a low ceiling as well. I'm not big. On, I'm not big on him at all. As all, I mean. Okay, so I, 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 if I was in this position, I just want. I, I would, I would take Anthony Easy. Edwards. Like I said, I think he's got, he's got a really high upside, and there's definitely question marks there. But I, I would take him. I agree with you about Lamelo and Don. I, I think I'm probably in the middle of you two here. I think Lamelo's got obvious game, right? He's got a great feel for the game, and I think that feel for the game is something that's maybe the hardest thing to teach is just that IQ and that understanding and just that general feel and sense of the game. And he's, I think it's very clearly has that shot selection poor. Yes. But shot selection is so fixable. Like if that's the worst Agreed. thing that he's coming in with, yeah. then fine, you know, fix it. So sit, sit his ass on the bench till he learns to, to, to not take bad shots. The kid's 18. He's never really had a coach in his life that's other than his dad. People see that as red flags. I see that as opportunity. For the Hornets? For anyone. <laughs> uh, I, I, Again, I'm taking Edwards at this pick if he's available, but I, I don't hate the Lamelo pick. I, I think he's getting a lot of shit just because of who his dad is. Everyone seems to think he's got character issues, but I don't see anything that he does. Does he play lazy defense sometimes? Yes, but... What kid in high school doesn't play lazy defense sometimes? I don't know. The upside's obviously there. I think the one thing that draws me away the most from him is just the media circus that comes with it that I that I really don't want to be a part of. All right. Go ahead, Delco. Yeah, I, have, I, I just am not... Maybe I'm just a huge hater. I am not considering him at all at this pick. I think I'd be either Edwards or... I'm surprised we're not taking a look at, at Wiseman here. Lamelo, obviously, amazing passer, pretty good feel for the game, a lot of confidence. Has been playing with pros. Upside is is certainly there. I, I think he can he can definitely come in and run run a team potentially. He's a good rebounder too. I just think he has so many flaws. I mean, <laughs> Ryan loves when I call him a broke man's Sean Livingston. I think he's a big point guard with with really good handles. Good vision, good passing. His shot is completely broken. It's it, it's terrible. I mean, it's like he thinks he's Steph Curry, but his shot is really Sean Livingston. So it's like that awful combination of him feeling he needs to be taking those deep threes, taking those bad shots, scoring all the points for his team, and he's really bad at it. And his shot, just like Lonzo, is just like maybe not as bad as MKG's, but it's broken. It has to be completely rebuilt. You say you can teach effort and positioning and defense i mean the kid is a pro 
and he's walking around, even in on-ball defenders. He's standing up and walking and not always playing his best on defense. Can, can, can you all, fix that? Also, maybe, like maybe if you get in a great coach and and Lamelo buys in right away, you think Lamelo is going to come to the the fucking Hornets who have their reputation and just like decide that he wants to go all in with us? I, I don't. We can't. We can't draft based on reputation. We have to draft what we think is best available. We are in no position. The Hornets are in no position to draft on fit. And you know what? If Lamelo goes at three and and a lot of these other guys are gone, you know, it is what it is. If he's best available, we go for it. But especially in a position where you have Edwards and Wiseman, I just don't know why you, you put in that aspect of risk and go with this headache, especially with Charlotte. I think Lamelo could be a good pick for specific teams with better cultures and discipline. I just really you compare him to cam and i kind of get what you're saying but he doesn't have that physical dominance that cam had to overcome some of his deficiencies i i think he's going to come in and be putting on a circus show and trying to entertain people and i don't think that's going to translate to wins and i think we're going to end up regretting the pick if we take him but you're the gm dan yeah, and I, again, I would take Anthony Edwards here just because he's available, but I, I feel like I just have to defend Lonzo a little bit in that well, a lot of the same shit was said about, sorry, Lamella, a lot of the same shit was said about Lonzo, and Lonzo's clearly like a good kid, and he busts his ass on defense, and he's an obvious team player, and does he have his flaws as a as a player? Can he shoot? He's improved his shot from year over year. He's not a number two talent that people thought he was going to be, but he's a very solid NBA point guard right now. And he's got upside to get better and better. So I don't see any reason why Lamella wouldn't have similar temperament or similar effort, whatever you want to call it. Well, let let me put it this way. You you say we need upside. We need a superstar. And now you're comparing Alonzo. Who's I'm not saying he's not, I think I agree with you. I think he's, he's got a good attitude. He's solid. But he's got also a broken shot. He can't hit free throws as a point guard, for the love of God. And do we really want to to take any slight risk with someone who is probably going to end up being a slightly better version of Lonzo? If Lamelo's floor is slightly better than Lonzo, then I think he's absolutely the best. I don't think that's here. his floor. I think I, I, I think I that's don't a realistic I landing spot. I think a realistic landing spot is him being a slightly better Lonzo and. If if I'm the Hornets, I'd rather go with someone like Edwards or Wiseman or or others on the board. But I think we've I think we've set our pieces on this. Yeah, I I, I just look at the upside. He's 18 years old. He's six seven. He could keep growing. He's 190 pounds. Um, sure, he definitely has. We all know he has the shooting flaws. But I think he's realistically, I think he's someone who can come into the NBA, and he might flirt with a triple double average. Like he's that type of player. You say he's. I mean, he's lackadaisical on defense, but. I think he was averaging seven rebounds a game when he played in Europe. Another seven seven assists a game, one and a half steals. Like think of like Trey Young. Trey Young's f- filthy, but his defense is beyond awful. And look what he did for the the Hawks franchise. So I think if we're trying to make, you talked about risk. If there's one team that can afford to blow their load on like one on one risky chance, it's the Hornets. We have we literally have nothing to lose. We and just want to blow I, our load. 
<laughs> we are we need to. It's been years. And I think this is the player that we decide. I think essentially he's he's definitely one of the best picks in the draft. And again, he's only eighteen. He's six seven. He's a better ball handler than Lonzo. He's going to make every single person on that team much, much better. And he's going to draw defenders because he's very good at getting to the basket and then kicking it out. And that's going to make everyone a much better player. As long as, like Ryan said, you can you can always teach people about shot selection. You can't teach people about their physical attributes, right? He is He's a freak athlete. And again, you, you didn't think he had that comparison to Cam about being a freak athlete. He is a freak athlete. He's 18, 6, 7, 190, and he's the best ball handler by far in this draft. I mean, and, I mean, like Edwards is a freak athlete. Like Edwards would absolutely body Lamelo, and he's like half a year would, older. But I would, and I would take Lamelo. Yeah, but the, again, I won't get lost in this. But I would take again. I take Lamelo. I think he makes the team much better. I think Edwards, Edwards only brings certain dynamics to the team that he can make better. I think Lamelo has the opportunity to be a superstar, and that's what you draft for. When you have a top three pick, you don't draft for someone who's gonna make your team all right in the short term you're drafting for someone with the top three pick to say this is going to be a potential superstar and when i look at everyone on that board there's one person who has had all the spotlight since he was 11 12 years old and he's grown up playing older people he's, he's grown up playing lonzo who obviously was is a tremendous basketball player and now he's translated his game he didn't go to college he played in europe i think he's gonna i think he's gonna shine and again i'm i'm taking him and at the third pick like no doubt in my mind if he's there we got to take him that's that's who it has to be Ugh. don you need a geography lesson i think why australia what i say? not in europe uh, <laughs> australia <laughs> Although he did play in Europe, I was thinking. I was thinking about Don. Too I was thinking about he played in like last yeah, year. Or yeah, he did. Yeah, that's what and, I'm and saying. I, yeah, what that, that, that league didn't count. That league was like that. that he, he was like in okay, but he played in Latvia. Yeah. That, yeah. that was when he was like 15. And, and, yeah, how impressive! It felt like he was being punished playing in that league or something. It was in like high school. Gym. But I, but the, Australia, the Australian league stats are legitimate. And that's a very legitimate yeah. And I, I just want to say I fully acknowledge that I could end up being completely wrong on this. I certainly wouldn't pick him over the the others mentioned. I think he could come in and fill up a box score right away, definitely, and sell some jerseys and create some buzz. But I, I don't, I don't really see him ever being a guy on a championship or competing for a championship roster. So. You know what he could be though? He could be someone like Trey Young that is really eye catching, that really sparks this franchise. That if he has a good first rookie year, he could pull other players to our team. That's the one thing we can't do. We can never pull any superstar to Charlotte because we're such a lackluster team we have no excitement if we can get an ex the highest potential for someone to be exciting out of this draft is Lamelo. and if he can actually if those dominoes can fall and he can be what everyone projects that he could be he could draw some attention and we can we might be able to have some free agents that say that looks good instead of nicholas batum and lance stevenson like we're taking right i mean yeah but you could say that about any player that's really good like if anthony edwards i disagree superstar also does that then see, he, you could also he could yeah you could also ball. make an argument that he'll he'll be like he'll have this attitude that he is absolutely the guy even when he's 20 years old and that'll draw some other types of players away so i don't know i, I don't like i don't like the trey young comparison either i mean i don't i guess and i know you're not saying that they're similar players but they are kind of similar. They're just flipped. Although Trey Young's a good passer too. He's a, he's an all right passer. Like just one's short and one's tall, and one can shoot. And one can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was I was thinking that like Lamelo is a is a great passer, whereas Trey is, is able to 
take those shots that Lamelo wishes he can make. Neither are good defenders. Although Trey Young has no hope at ever being a good defender, and Lamelo actually yeah, does. He's got true. the he's got the tools to be a good defender. Um, all right, so Don, with the with the third pick in the in the Granny mock draft, one hundred percent Lamelo Ball. You're taking Lamelo Ball without a doubt. All right, doubt. there there he goes. The Charlotte Hornets select Lamelo Ball in the Granny mock draft. The the Bulls and Calves are sitting Hornets there like, holy there. crap! We just had <laughs> Edwards and Wiseman fall to us. So we've got a Kongwu number one to the T Wolves. We've got Killian Hayes number two to the Warriors, and we've got Lamelo Ball number three to the Hornets. The first logical that's pick. Gonna, that's gonna wrap up our. Remember, this is the who <laughs> should you take, and many people might laugh at these picks until three years from now when they go back and they say, "Holy shit, those guys called that. We should hire them." Yeah, when I'm GM of the Hornets in five years, I'll be the one laughing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we're going to be back very soon this time. I know we said that the last time and then we took a, a, a one month break, but we had a, a lot of shit going on. It's not going to happen this time. We've got a lot of work to do between now and the draft in about two weeks. Uh, we'll be back very soon to cover picks four five and six. A lot of interesting players on the table for those teams to take a look at. You still got Anthony Edwards. You've still got James Wiseman. You've still got a player that I love and Denny Avija. We'll see what happens. We'll see who they pick. Guys, any final words from you? Good to be back. We we do have a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's time. All right. Let's ride. Okongwu. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys soon.